The presenting sponsor of today's podcast is Fifth Element CBD. Fifth Element is ultra-high milligram CBD focused on relief and recovery after a workout. They are specially designed for people with an active lifestyle from weekend warriors to professional athletes to bucket list gym enthusiasts. Fifth Element, aka 5E, is full-spectrum high milligram hemp to help you whenever, wherever you need it, whether it's after the gym or after work. Get yours today to feel better tomorrow by visiting 5ehemp.com and use the promo code MONSTER for 50% off. Yes, you heard that right. 50% off. Half off. That's 5ehemp.com and use the code MONSTER. Go to 5ehemp and get 50% off. That's the number 5, the letter E, hemp.com. Welcome back to another episode of the Over the Monster podcast. As always, it is me, your host, Matt Collins, and we are back for another week to talk about the Red Sox with Brian Joyner. Brian, uh, it is not Cinco de Mayo when we're talking, but it will be Cinco de Mayo when people are listening, so happy Cinco de Mayo. I hope you get some uh, margaritas in you today at some point. Yeah, an excuse to drink is just what I need. Um, (laughs) We all need that excuse for sure. Um, I will say that it will be a happy Cinco de Mayo if the Red Sox won uh, yesterday, which is today when we're talking. Uh, yes. So um, the, they will decide that. Yeah. <laughs> we should mention we are recording this uh, in the afternoon on Tuesday. It is 1230 on Tuesday. So um, whatever happens between now and when this gets published, it's not up to us. We did not know what was going to happen. Um, and that includes something we're not going to talk about today, but it deserves a brief mention at the top. It is minor league opening day today. Uh, all four full season affiliates play their first game today, including the Sea Dogs, right down the street from where I am sitting right now. Uh, but I am not going yet. I will wait till I'm fully vaccinated to do that. Uh, Worcester Red Sox play their first game ever uh, in Trenton today. Um, so yeah, by the time you are listening to this, the first edition of minor line minor lines that we've had on the site since 2019 will be there. So I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, but we have a whole podcast dedicated to prospects, so we are going to stick to the majors today. And while the Red Sox have been playing somewhat poorly recently, especially this past weekend against the Rangers, uh, brutal series there. We're going to start off on a positive note. Uh, with an award that I was not aware even existed, uh, but now I am very much aware because Matt Barnes won it. Matt Barnes was awarded the AL Reliever of the Month. Um, Seems kind of silly to me that they give out league-specific relievers of the month when they pitch like 10 innings a month, but Matt Barnes won, um, so that is cool. Uh, Just a little reminder on what Matt Barnes has done this season. He has been electric, um, although didn't quite get the job done his last time out giving up the game-winning hit. Uh, but he has pitched 14 and a third innings, given up four runs, six hits, three walks, and 25 strikeouts. 25 strikeouts against 52 total batters faced. Um, so reliever of the month. What is 
your confidence level that he will stay good, not best reliever in baseball good, but maybe all-star caliber good for the rest of the season. I mean, reliever performance obviously can be a little up in the air in small samples, and we're talking about a small sample here. So have you, are you with me on the Matt Barnes train totally, or are you still... A little weird. Are you even on the train? You um, sound like you jumped off the train. When did I jump you're off like, the train? Oh, you, you, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's a month. I didn't know they gave up. The well, awards. I mean, I, it's that's... hard to get excited. Are you kidding me? This is, this is, you're supposed to be going crazy, dunking on fools. You're supposed to be happy. Um, I, this is a muted reaction for what should be a very big moment in your life, frankly. I don't know that Matt Barnes winning the AL reliever of the month uh, for the month of April uh, is if it's it probably is a big moment in my life. But I think that says a lot more about my life than anything else we got going on here. Um, And look, I mean, obviously, I think that Barnes is great. I think everything he's done this year is great. I just legitimately had no idea this was an award. I think it's cool that he won, but I did not know that they gave out relievers of the month award. Were you aware of this award? I, I mean, I've heard of it, but I do think that you did hit on something obliquely is that I don't think I would ever note anyone who won it except for April when it's the, the entire sample size, where it's much easier to contextualize it when it's been all the games. Um, whereas, like, you suppose Garrett Whitlock wins it in May. Please do, by the way. Uh, it'd be like, oh yeah, he he put it together a lot. It's, it's a, bunch, a really good uh, stretch of games, um, and okay. So my confidence level. I mean, I'm pretty confident that Barnes is going to be uh, good enough, uh, basically to not get traded because the Red Sox are also good enough. So I think he, unless he, the problem now is that if he were to spectacularly implode enough that the Red Sox were out of playoff competition that no one would want him. So um, he's stuck here, uh, I think. And I think he will do uh, pretty well. I don't know if he'll do this well the whole season, but uh, it's a reliever. You just, I just not looking to gift horse, gift horse in the mouth. Now he's good and he's good enough uh, to give reason to think that he will continue. So I'm, I'm, I am on the train. I am in your suite on the train looking for you, but I th- I think I will find you in here. But I uh, thought I lost the door. To... Yeah, exactly. Um, yes. maybe, maybe I'm drawing the wrong conclusion from not finding you. Are you hiding from me? So like, no, no, I, don't no. Want I am very much on the Matt Barnes train still. Um, I think, yeah, he's not going to be this good just because I'm always going to bet against somebody being uh, as good as he's been. It's, would be one of the best relievers. I mean, this would be, if he did this for a whole season, this would be on the same tier as like the Koji season and Papelbon's best seasons. I mean, he has been that good. I don't expect him to be in that stratosphere by the end of the year. Um, that just wouldn't be a fair comparison. I certainly think he's going to start walking some more guys. I mean, he's got a 6% walk rate. And this is a guy who generally has hovered around 12 to 14%. Um, over the last few years so i think there's going to be some regression 
there, but I don't necessarily think it's going to be as going back to those last few years, um, the rates he had then. I mean, he just, he seems like he is taking a different approach this year. Um, it's been mentioned on the broadcast, a bunch of people have written about it, so I'm not breaking any news here, but he's definitely working much more quickly. I mean, that was one of the more frustrating parts about the Matt Barnes experience in the past was that if he got into a little bit of trouble, he would hold the ball for 45 seconds seconds between every pitch, and he would sweat out a gallon of sweat uh, between every pitch. So now he's attacking more quickly, and he's attacking more aggressively. He's, I mean, his stuff is nasty, so he's finally throwing it for strikes and just trusting that he can get guys with that fastball, uh, not necessarily having to paint the edges. So I think he can, if he can settle in at like, even an eight or not like a nine percent walk rate with the way he's throwing right now. I mean, this will probably be the best. That would probably be the best season we've seen from Matt Barnes. I mean, he was he was fairly good in 2018 too. So I mean, even if he can match that 2018 season, I guess is sort of my expectation. Which I mean, that puts him not the best reliever in the American League like he was for the month of April, but All Star caliber, top 20, 25 ish reliever in baseball. Um, I think that, I mean, that's generally what I've always considered him, I guess. So um, it's a little bit of a step back from where he's been, but it's better than people have given him credit for. My Sox comp um, is Tom Gordon, 98, uh, where he's very good, maybe pitching a little bit above his head. Now, Gordon didn't blow an entire, a save the entire season until the playoffs, we don't need to relive that part of the particular experience, but the rest of it. Um, yeah. I mean, he's, he's doing very, he's very good. He's not great. Maybe he's outperforming his very good stats, but all I care. Very good is very good is very good to me. Let's put it. His peripherals way. are actually much better than his ERA right now, which is typically not the case with a guy who's pitching like that. It's usually the other way around, but, um, I like the Tom Gordon comp just because now I'm waiting for uh, Stephen King sequel, the girl just who yell, loves Matt Barnes. Just, just, yell, yell, just yell out your window. Just yell. <laughs> He's right there. He's all, I mean, you can hear everybody in Maine, so that's that's a good point. Um, now Tom Gordon was. I remember Tom Gordon, but I was young at that point. So that, you know, I have a. Um, I I don't know if I still have it. I used to have like a big pop-up version of that book. Uh, pop-up version. Yeah, it was, and it was like huge and a lot, and it's all it's like officially licensed by Major League Baseball too. It's got Tom Garden and his Red Sox stuff. It, it, it Stephen was Stephen King book? Yes. What in the world? Yes, um, but I no longer have it. And uh, uh, we're on to D. Gordon now. So now he's, D, but now he's D. Gordon Strange. D. So. Gordon Strange, yes. Um, all right, well, let's talk about Matt Barnes still instead of Tom Gordon. Um, so the thing about Barnes is that he is a free agent at the end of the season. So he is, uh, if he does indeed put together the best season of his career, uh, he would be doing it at the right time, hitting the free agent market. Um, in terms of finances, not the best time for the Red Sox, but obviously finances don't matter as much as performance on the field. Uh, but there have been talks in February and March about the two sides having discussed a an extension at that point never really seemed to get too close. 
Uh, but with the way he's pitching right now, do you even do you go back to extension talk? Do you let it play out and maybe see if the price drops? Um, just and where are you? I mean, extension for Matt Barnes and relievers in general, and that's sort of a tricky topic. Well, I mean, from a pure negotiating stance, now would be the wrong time for the team to approach him. Um, simply because maybe i mean yes yes there's there's a possibility that um if they're amenable if he's amenable to finding a number now would be a good time to do it because the feelings i imagine are are good uh but on a just a related topic john henry saw that those riots on the manchester you feel menu field are like god i'm glad i taped that video because look it was damage control and he at least did I will give him no credit for anything other than protecting his investment, but uh, fans in the U.S. take things for granted that fans in other countries do not. Um, and that was a good uh, display of that. Anyhow, back to Matt Barnes. Uh, I would guess that they do try to extend him. But I would guess that they do it high and bloom style uh, when it comes to the numbers because they do everything high and bloom style when it comes to the numbers. Uh, so I don't think it's a fait accompli that he comes back or extends, but I do think it's possible. And this can, I think this can only help it. His good performance can only help him. Uh, it obviously can only help him just on a value neutral basis to be good in his contract year. But I think the Red Sox, if they saw him as a reliever who is not capable of even scratching the top of the level that he is sort of scratching the top of right now or has been, you know, he has the vaunted reliever of the month award for April. Uh, it increases the chance that everybody sees him coming back to the Red Sox as a as a good option. Yeah, I mean, I think they clearly saw maybe not this specifically, but something in this realm as a possibility because they did talk about an extension. I mean, it's not like this is a guy that they just desperately don't want on their team anymore. Um, there's clearly some interest. I think it's definitely an interesting situation. Obviously. Like you said, the first instinct is sort of this is the wrong time to negotiate because he has a little more negotiating power here. But if you think he's going to be somewhere in this area code for the rest of the season, the price is only going to go up. So it sort of depends on how confident they are in terms of timing on when you want to get an extension done. Um, there's also just the idea that I think Dave Dombrowski sort of embodied more than anybody else um mostly in a good way i think is that if you want something done go get it done as early as possible um and so if you are thinking i would like to keep matt barnes around and i think this is indicative of who he could be and you can get him on like a two-year i mean it's obviously we're not talking like a seven-year extension here we're talking he's a 30-year-old reliever but you get him for a couple of years at a decent price like i mean he's making four and a half per he's making four and a half million this year you give him a two-year deal for like nine per or something like that i think that's um at least a good starting point so i definitely would be talking about it i would have a 
max price in mind, which I'm sure they do. Um, I don't necessarily think anything's going to happen soon, but I do think um, I do think there will be real talks. And so I'm going to skip ahead one question now um, and just ask you yes or no. Is Barnes going to be on the Red Sox next year, whether it's by extension or they bring it back um, as a free agent? Doesn't have to be yes. extension. Yes. Yes. I think so too. Um, I didn't before, but they don't really have, unless like Durbin Feltman or whatever, like really shows out and they have a guy that they can trust. They don't really have that right now, especially if they think Garrett Whitlock's going to be a starter going forward. So yeah, I think I think they kind of need Barnes to stabilize those late innings, which um, it's kind of wild because I don't think a lot of people would have agreed with that six weeks ago, but seems to be the case now. Um, the rest of the bullpen outside of Barnes has been a little shaky. Um, definitely not as consistent as you would like. And specifically Adam Ottavino, who a month or two ago looked like he was neck and neck for the closer job. Um, he has been extremely hot and cold. We've kind of gotten the full Adam Ottavino experience. Um, really hard to square up. He hasn't given up a home run this year, but he's also walked uh, nine batters in 10 innings. He's got a 5-4-0 ERA. He kind of imploded in that series finale in Texas, which led to that brutal loss. Um, he just hasn't been sort of the steady guy you want in the eighth inning. Do you keep rolling with him just like solidly as that guy um, tell, saying that it's only been a month? Or do you look at the hot hand and look at guys like Darwins and Hernandez and Garrett Whitlock, guys that have been throwing extremely well and put them into that more high lever spot and um, not take Ottavino out completely maybe, but cycle some other guys in sometimes. I mean, I think we're right at the point where his veterans sort of clout is going to play into it for the next few appearances. Uh, or at least that's the way it reads to me because uh, they're going to give, I feel like they give him a couple chances to, to go out there and be better. But I mean, if Garrett Woodlock's going to be a starter, that's one thing. But Darwinson has, I mean, he's just such a natural setup guy for this team uh, that if I were uh, Ottavino, I would be worried about Darwinson jumping me because I just feel like it's inevitable as long as he can find the plate. Uh, with any with any regularity, but he's just made to. I mean, he's sort of made to be a closer. But for this team, he he seems very potentially uh, like a, a very good option for the Red Sox. Im Imho Imho. I mean, I think that's I think that's right, and I think he sort of reminds me a lot of just like a left-handed Adam Ottavino. Um, maybe from a few years ago, it just incredible yeah, like stuff. 11 years younger. Yeah, exactly. Um, definitely prime, like prime out of, you know, but I mean, he's got that nasty slider. He's got incredible swing and miss stuff. Um, and he also has these bouts where you just can't find the plate. So I think it's kind of hard because I think you're right that they kind of have to give out of, you know, that veteran clout. And he hasn't been so bad that it's like, you cannot put him anywhere near a close game. Um, he's sort of been like just inconsistent, which is almost more annoying because it's harder to figure out what to do. 
But I think with Hernandez, I mean, he's such a hot and cold guy himself, and right now he is so dominant. He's throwing strikes, which just never happens. I kind of think you have to ride that hot hand for as long as you go. So I think I would... I guess, you, I mean, you don't really need only one setup guy. You can have two, especially the Red Sox rotation. They've kind of been taking it a little easy in terms of innings, so I guess it doesn't really have to be a binary between the two of them, but um, certainly right now I trust Hernandez more, and I wouldn't be at all surprised if that's the way I feel pretty much the rest of the season. Um, not that I would be totally surprised if Ottavino turns it around, but um, just right now it's he just doesn't look like the guy that he looked like when he was so good with the Rockies and the Yankees. It just doesn't have the same crispness and bite and everything else well when you say you know they're going to write it out with darwin's and this i mean this that's true it seems like that could be like four years I mean, it could be it could be four outings it could be the rest of his career i mean i have i have no idea what i even think of darwin's and hernandez at this point he is just i've spent so long trying to figure out what i think about him i just i've given up he just is what he well, is he, at any given moment. It's kind of awesome. He, it's kind of admirable. I wish I could live my life the way that his career seems to go. He has what you need. It's just a matter of putting Throwing it strikes, where, really. It. Yeah, exactly. But that's why... And he's young, so I, I feel like... He's showing a little bit of growth. And, you know, there's going to be a survivor's bias. And the, the more the more he can get reps now and be helpful to the team, you know, it just reinforces his position going forward. That's why I think it's more likely four years than four outings, but he could also, you know, you could see him running into just an outing where he just absolutely can't throw a strike to save his life too. So and he's already had that, a couple of those earlier this year. No, right. But I mean, he, he's always, potentially ready to as met no matter how good he's been he's that's a potential uh stumbling block but at the same time uh i don't know i think these are good options that that's the good part i mean Ottavino hasn't been good but there's reason to think he he might be and these are just uh you know i feel solid with these guys Ottavino's last uh outing accepted yeah, I think, I mean, I think that's fair. And I think there's a pretty clear divide in the Red Sox bullpen. It seems like Barnes, Adovino, Hernandez, Whitlock, um, and injuries are kind of the main guys with injuries, sort of in a weird limbo. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the deal with him is. Sometimes he's, I don't really know what they think of him, uh, but he's pitched pretty well. And then you got guys like Salamora. Um, Taylor, Bryce, Valdez, they've been okay here and there, but they've also been pretty bad here and there. Um, and they definitely seem like they're on the outside looking in in terms of late innings. So um, I think I agree with you that in terms of the back end of the bullpen, they're mostly fine even with Ottavino kind of uh, his inconsistencies. But I do think they are lacking some depth in the bullpen, and I'm kind of hoping that uh, we're getting to a point where we might see guys like Edward Bizardo and uh, whoever else may be coming in um, after him. So um, I got a name for you. Watch. What's the name for I him? got a Bobby Pointer. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I do He's not expect still... we will see Bobby Pointer. I don't know. Is he even Bob... in the organization? 
He's he's on the Woo Sox, and I meant to say earlier, when you said the Worcester Red Sox, them, we don't call them. I, I yeah, I think that was the first time I've ever heard anyone either like outside of their name in the Twitter handle. That is the first time I think I've ever seen anyone, I've ever heard anyone or seen anyone actually say Worcester Red Sox. I truly despise uh, the moniker Woo Sox. It is. It's pretty good. I don't understand why you hate it. It's so bad. I really hate it. It reminds me of that episode of How I Met Your Mother with the Woo Girls. Um, which I don't know. That five people might. Understand How can you there, not hear but... someone going? I'm going to see the Woo Sox. It's like it's great. It's you. I'm, I'm not on board. I'm. I'm again. I'm totally biased against the entire Worcester. Uh, Red Sox experience because I feel bad for Pawtucket. I will readily admit that their mascot is trash. Um, the mascot is trash. The name Woo Sox sucks. They are they do have Polar Park and I'm a big Polar Seltzer guy. So the thing is, the Woo Sox name is not like it doesn't matter that they're they would have been called that whether they decided to embrace it or not. So it, to me, might as well just grab it because it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. Oh, it's definitely gonna happen, but I don't have to be a part of it. I'm I'm definitely sticking my uh, foot in the ground here. I'm not. I want, I'm not. Bothered. Ask Ask Stephen King if he's doing the same. Just, just stick your head <laughs> stick your head out the window. I'll let you know. Uh, all right, so that is the bullpen. Um, the other big topic with the Red Sox right now is that the bottom of their lineup is awful. Um, so I mean that has been really the story of the last week or so um even their two game sweep against the mets uh that was 100 percent pitching the offense was terrible that whole series and the red sox just aren't getting anything out of their core uh pete abraham tweeted on tuesday um red sox three four five six hitters have the best ops in the majors at 917 they're seven eight nine hitters 521 ops worst in the majors um it is just I mean, Brian's a fantasy guy more than I am. This is the this is the stars and scrubs approach in an auction draft uh, to the extreme in real life. I mean, they have we talked about Franchi Cordero a lot last week. We don't have to spend a ton of time focusing solely on him, but he's been a major part of it. Um, he's got a 13 WRC plus. Uh, Hunter Renfro's at 54. Bobby Talbeck's at 61. Marwan Gonzalez is at 76. Christian Vasquez, who got off to a great start, but it's been pretty terrible since then. Uh, he's at an 80 WRC+. Plus. I mean, it's just a lot of unusable to borderline unusable performances. What is, so, uh, what is Kike? You skipped Kike, so I was going to mention him, too. He's 85, and he's technically not part of the bottom of the order, but, I mean, after the first at-bat, he kind of is because it just wraps around to one so he might as well be the number nine hitter um in that sense and yeah i mean he's been didn't i say that on a previous podcast i said that on our previous podcast it's like they uh he was going to be the ninth hitter and they felt bad so they're like okay you hit probably but i mean that's (laughs) that's horrible managing because you're giving him that extra every day but uh you just don't understand baseball well i've been told that many times there might be some truth to it um, but yeah, I mean, so I think the main focus, like I said, we talked a little bit about Renfro and Cordero, so you can include them here if you want. I didn't put, I said not to in the agenda, but I don't know how clear I was about that. But I mean, also Dahlbeck, Gonzalez, um, Kike, 
Vasquez. Who are you most confident in right now, just in terms of offense? So obviously Christian Vasquez, there's no worries about his defense, but um, just in terms of offense, who are you most confident in turning around for the season? Uh, it, it to me, it's a toss-up between Hernandez and Vasquez, and I think I'm tempted to say Vasquez just because I've seen him more, but I think the answer is Hernandez because I think that he's actually you know he's fine, and that is about as good as uh, he can be fine to good. Now Vasquez can be great at times, but. I don't, he, he's also not been consistently, I mean, he's he's obviously, his baseline as a hitter has gone way, way up from when he started. But I don't know how high it ultimately is um, on a macro level. Uh, though I do, the, I mean, it's like 51-49. I'll say Hernandez. What do you say? Uh, so I agree that it comes down to those two. Um my first instinct was Hernandez because he's been better this year. And I think he's looked better this year too. Um, just watching him, he seemed to hit a lot of balls hard that just haven't fallen in. And typically that stuff evens out. Um, but I think it's Vasquez. I think he's been better um, over the last few years. He's not hitting for any power right now, which I just don't think is going to stay. Um, he's a 114 ISO. He's still making contact. Um, he's not drawing a ton of walks because that's never really been a big part of his game. I feel like he's his approach is still solid. He's still taking pitches on the outside part of the plate and going the other way with it. Um, it doesn't really seem like he's pressing too bad. So I kind of it's been a rough few weeks for sure, but I just and I think part of it is like you said, I've seen him before, so I kind of just have that image in my head that I don't necessarily have for. Kike, so um, that's probably not totally fair analysis, but you know we're only human. So yeah, I mean, I think it's Vasquez. I think he'll, even if he doesn't like put himself in MVP conversations, like he looks like he could sometimes. Um, I think he'll be right around league average with the bat, which is, I think, more than you could say for any of these other names here. Um, I know. I I mean, I like how you and I we basically just switched places on that one we we're each standing on the other just on the other side of the line we're like yeah, you know i actually think i want to be on that side and you're like oh me too let's switch um yeah i mean i think they're they're close enough uh what about what about the other side of the coin who are you not confident in i mean franchi i know yeah, you said i'm not franchi. supposed to say franchi, well, but it's franchi. no i mean that is uh, that is the obvious answer and it should be mentioned even though we talked about him a lot this weekend he just looks totally lost um i don't think he i don't know when the last time he's had a hit is it has been a legitimately long time since he has a hit so i i have a question it for you because the minor league season got delayed uh until today uh when we're recording this which i'm very excited that it's happening um do you think that has for whatever reason, be it legal, logistical, whatever. This idea, do you think it has changed the call-up schedule 
in that people who were assigned to AAA, because at least the Mariners are doing this with Kalanick, this is obvious. The Red Sox might be doing it with Duran, saying, oh, no, no, he needs to play at AAA before he comes up. It's not about honing his skills and getting better over a period of time, which he could, which they could do with the alternate sites. They actually need to play in AAA. And since AAA was delayed, therefore it's been delayed. And until they play a few games and for the Red Sox, until Durant plays, we couldn't even consider bringing him up. Um, which dovetails, of course, with service time things. But it, it does so more than it needs to. It over, you know, it overshoots it. Uh, I'm just curious if you think that the minor league system being, or the minor league schedule being pushed back has affected call-ups. Yeah, I don't know necessarily for somebody like Duran. Um, I think it would, I think it's affected call-ups more for um, maybe like a Bizardo, who if he had been playing in April, maybe he just dominates AAA and by, he's up by now. Um Maybe that could be true for Duran as well, I guess. Um, I don't really think... I mean, we've talked about Duran a few times. I don't really think there's anything nefarious going on there. I kind of get the feeling that the only reason Cordero's still on the roster is really just because of the Danny Santana um, injury. And he's... Uh, he's on a rehab assignment right now. He's starting in Greenville, so I suspect he'll be ready within about a week. And I think that... Um, he, I think they basically are just determined to give him the first chance. Um, and like we talked about, I think when they call up Duran, they want to call up Duran. Like they want it to be a permanent thing. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that really answers the question. I don't really know that it affected it in the way that you're, in the way that I think you're saying, at least. Fine, fine. I mean, you've convinced me. You, I mean, no, I think you're right. Uh, is what I, I, I could joke around and I like to sometimes this time I will not. I think you're right. Cool. Um, but yeah, Cordero. So Cordero has not had a hit since uh, April 19th. Um, entirely possible. He just went a little too hard on 420 and just hasn't been the same. Well, except for he would have had a hit on 420. He, they, he didn't play on 420. That hit can be used in different contexts. I, I'm, I'm aware of, uh, marijuana terms. Are you? Are you? <laughs> well, sometimes. I know. Um, I, yes, I, yes. Okay. Okay. Do you have an answer outside of Cordero for least confident? Um, well, it's okay if you I, don't. Only, only one can be least confident. So not well, really. technically, the question was not supposed to include Cordero. Uh, uh, that's... Uh, of the other guys, I mean, there's a chance that Dahlbeck is just a fan. Like, the can't he whiffs at everything, and Renfro is not exactly exciting. I mean, I don't think there's only so many guys here, and I think that their strengths and weaknesses are pretty apparent. Well, so the thing I'm pretty concerned about Marwin Gonzalez um, offensively because I'm not sure what the strength is with Marwin Gonzalez. I know the strength defensively is that he can play everywhere, and to his credit, I thought he has been. Or I think he has been um, much better defensively at pretty much all of the spots that he plays than I had anticipated him being. I was kind of expecting him to be below average everywhere and just play everywhere. But I think he's been very good, or at least good um, everywhere he's played. But offensively, I don't know what he does. Um, 
I mean, he walks a bunch, but it doesn't really matter because he's doesn't really hit the ball with a ton of authority. I wrote about him the other day. He's hitting everything into the ground right now, and it's totally taking away any power he could have. Um, I think he probably has a higher floor than the other guys here. Um, Dahlbeck, Renfro, even Cordero. I mean, obviously Cordero, but I don't. I mean, he doesn't have the ceiling that any of these guys have. I, he just seems like he's the best case scenario is that he's a little bit below average instead of being a black hole. So I'm, I'm kind of concerned with him and I'm not really sure how to balance that concern with the offense to what he brings with the versatility. So, um, but here's the thing you are like, you are a hundred percent confident that he is going to be what he is. And so what he is right now is not good. It's not playable. Well, it is playable. He's because playing, need... but it should it is it shouldn't be playable. I mean, he is. But this is not. But good. this is the fun. This is like the foundational principle of a Hayam Loom team is that uh, the guys who play every day will be good enough eventually, um, and will save you the roster spots, so that the rest of it makes up for it. And he's not like Marwin has not been Franchi. Now that no, would be different. nobody's been Franchi. Right, but I do think there's the difference there. Um, and it doesn't mean he's like a, an amazing long-term solution. I, I mean, he's he's a body, but you do need them. So I'm not particularly worried about him because, as you say, he is so good in the field uh, for someone who moves around so much that... I am comfortable with that value. Just put it that. I know this says offense only, but no, I mean that's fair, and that's I mean that is a part of the consideration. I think part of my I don't know if concerns the right word or consternation with Gonzalez is that he sort of gives them more of an excuse to go with the three man bench, which I just hate. I hate it for this team, and I hate it for just generally speaking. Um, I really think they need another bat in the mix just to throw in and try and play the hot hand. Um, and I mean, sort of to that hot hand, Christian Arroyo hasn't been playing as much as I would think. He's been a little banged up, so I guess that's part of it. But he's I mean, he's only got seven more play appearances than Franchi on the season, um, and he has been legitimately good. I don't necessarily think it's going to stick around, but I think the way... I'm sort of a believer in the hot hand in a way that I don't really know how I became that way, but um, yeah, I guess, I guess I wish Christian Arroyo was playing more than Marwin Gonzalez, I guess is my main point. I mean, I, I, I see what you're saying, but at the same time, I think we're getting the reason I don't have a big, a big opinion on that is it feels like it's tinkering with the absolute minutiae of the actual running of the team and lineups and egos and professionals and whatnot. It's definitely that. Right. So, and, and, and I, it doesn't make you wrong the same way someone who heard you talk about hot hand would be like, tisk, tisk, tisk. Um, doesn't make, doesn't make you wrong responding to that. It's, uh, these to me are just third order problems of, um, value max maximization that I just 
this is a place where I'm just like, I kind of trust Alex Cora more than I trust myself. Also, it is still a small sample size as you were talking about RE Matt Barnes um, and the, the reliever of the month award. It still is. It still is. People can have bad months and then bounce back. Uh, so I understand, especially with more veteran players and players who were free agent signings, who you went out and signed at this player, um, how someone like Kike and Mar and someone like Marwin are, you know, in in a case like this where Arroyo has been pretty good are still going to split with Arroyo on a pretty even basis. And I, my point is just, I see how that happens and it doesn't particularly bother me um, until someone goes full Franchi and you don't want to go full Franchi. You, nobody wants to go full Franchi. Um, all right. So let's take Renfro, Cordero, Dahlbeck, Gonzalez, Hernandez. Um, we won't include Vasquez in this. How many of those guys would you, if any, would you rather see Michael Chavis on ahead of them, on the roster ahead of them? Um, or I guess how, who are you, you're more confident in Michael Chavis. I cannot figure out how to say this. Um, who are you, you more confident in Michael Chavis versus any of those guys? Zero. I'd rather have all of them than Chavis. Really? Yes. I don't think I agree. I'd definitely rather see Chavis than Cordero right now. Well, but um, I don't think that Chavis is the replace. Uh, okay, so sure. Okay, he's the, well. Yes. He's the guy that would come up right now, right? Theoretically. Yeah. Okay. Already. So sure, Franchi. I'll say Franchi. But my my thinking was that Chavis is not like an actual replacement for Cordero in the way that I'm thinking of lineup assembly. Though I do agree with you, they'd be better uh, with him hitting than Franchi right now. I don't think that's a question. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any question about that. I think he would be honestly, I think he would be better offensively than Marlon Gonzalez. I don't think that they should make that move, obviously, but I think, I don't know, I'm kind of surprised that Chavis isn't getting the chance over Danny Santana. I don't really understand the Danny Santana thing. Um, I think it's my main issue here, but um yeah, Chavis, he will get his chance at some point. I'm excited to see what he does with the Worcester Red Sox. Um, <laughs> oh, God, do they have Ric Flair? They probably have Ric Flair doing commercials. They have to. Well, no, I mean, they would not pay for Ric Flair to do commercials. They might use it in Ric Flair did Cumberland Farms commercials, so I think the, uh, okay. if Cumberland Farms no, can afford it, then I think the Worcester Red Sox can afford it. How dare you imply that Cumberland Farms is? Hey, it's speaking about C Cumberland Farms, the the rare um, uh, non gas station with a location on Martha's Vineyard that is a chain. Cumberland Farms is a gas station. It does not have one on Martha's Vineyard, no. Matt. What I mean is, it's not like mobile or something where it's like. It's one of the rare places where there's a a chain that you might not expect. Okay. Um, Whatever, I've gone to- for like six years. I like, I, nothing but love to come on farms on this podcast. All right. What about uh, Tedeschi's? Tedeschi's. Uh, I have no opinion to Tedeschi. Okay. I've been to them. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, let's talk about a little bit about Garrett Richards. So last week, uh, we talked a lot about Garrett Richards, um, mainly about how bad he's been. Um, and then before, after we talked, but before the episode came out, um, he struck out 10 in seven innings, which I jokingly said he was going to do. Um, so you're welcome to that. Uh, he was not quite as good the next time out, but still very good. Five innings, one run. Uh, seven strikeouts, one walk, and it's really the walks that have been most impressive. Um, his control was all over the place in those first four starts that we had talked about last week. Uh, last two starts, he has one walk between them um, over 12 innings. He just looks like a totally different guy, um, two totally different ends of the spectrum. I think all of us would agree that he will end up somewhere in the middle. Um, he's not going to be a scion candidate he's also not probably not going to be the pitching version of franchi cordero um but which version is closer to what you expect to see from him the rest of the year i mean the answer is obviously the middle <laughs> so we well, have to pick an end unless you're saying exactly in the middle the exact midpoint why do I have to pick an end? He was so bad, and now he's so good. That doesn't make any sense. He's not going to be either of them. I well, think... that's the point. It's a spectrum. Okay, okay. Spectrum I think is. if you're... No, it's not a spectrum if you have to pick one end. A spectrum means... No, I said which, anywhere which along... end are you closer? Which, close... which version is closer, I said? The good one. Okay. Not by a lot, but the good one. That wasn't too hard. Um... Well, I'm not bright, so you had to explain it to me. <laughs> That's, no, I wasn't going to say it. Which, which um, is also, which is hard. So there you go. I actually think it's closer to what we saw in the beginning of the year, um, which is to say that I think he's going to be a little bit below average most times out. That doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing if the rest of your rotation uh, is up to snuff, which jury is still out on that. Um, okay, but question: yeah. He has he ever been below average on a long, like the the issue with him has never been, except for really the beginning of this year. I don't think being poor is just not being able to pitch. So that's why I lean the other way. Last year he wasn't great. He ended up roughly. Last year exactly doesn't count. Average. Well, last year I mean, doesn't count. If last year doesn't count, and then we're not counting the years he was hurt, well, then all of a sudden we're in 2015, and I'm still living in Massachusetts, and it's just like a totally different time. That's sort yeah, of yeah. Maybe why... maybe you say woo socks then, but now you're like, oh no, I can't do it. I live in Maine. <laughs> Stephen <laughs> King does. tells me what to do. <laughs> I have no response to that. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't even know what I was saying anymore. Let's just move on. Yeah. Um, so we were the ones who unlocked this performance. I think we can both agree on this. Um, I mean, I'm going to give you more credit than me. You said we, but uh, you predicted the start. I did and predict it, it. So there you go. Um, so, I mean, I think we have to go with Nick Pavetta's line tonight. Uh, and we need to will him to six innings with nine strikeouts. I think is... I mean, the... It is the Tigers, so it is definitely possible. It is possible. Also, it is also it's Nick Pavetta, so <laughs> exactly. it's possible. It doesn't work out that way. Um, but with Richard, so we had talked last week um, about the possibility of him transitioning to the bullpen. I still 
think that that's a distinct possibility. I get the sense that you not necessarily don't think it's a possibility, but probably not as probable maybe as I think it is. Um, Am I putting words in your mouth? What, you think he ends up in the bullpen still? I do. No! No, I do not think that. That's ridiculous. You're being ridiculous. Stop. I don't think it is ridiculous. Um, do you mean eventually, like, in the playoffs? No, I mean the second that half I of can year. see. Why? Workload for one. Um, guys just has not thrown innings. And I just don't see how he can. Yeah, okay. But if I he stays healthy. And also, I don't think he's that good and i think tanner Houck will certainly force his way up um they could trade for another starter at the deadline i think there are ways in which it happens and i think he is better suited for the bullpen at this point to be honest i think what, if he can just who, go fastball breaking ball and that's all he has to concentrate on i think he can be very good i get that but i just if he wasn't a starter and he hadn't just started to turn it around and Nick Pavetta wasn't in the rotation as well, there are a lot of factors that lead me to that. I'm sort of, I, I don't, your logic is not wrong. I just don't think that from what I have inferred by the way, the Red Sox have done business. Um, especially we were just talking about that. Set up man, and I said, I thought they had it pretty, you know, pretty decent. Now, yeah, Richards would be great, but um, there are also going to be pitcher injuries, and you're going to need starters. And if he is not one of the guys who gets hurt, which is obviously not a great chance, but if he's not, he's going to be needed to continue to start. So I don't think it's as likely as you do. Well, so I would say that there's three ways that they can, or three starters that they can add um, by the trade deadline with how Seabold and uh, we'll call him Max Scherzer. We'll say Max Scherzer is on the Red Sox at the end of the year. But I mean, they can trade for a starter is my point, and they have two basically ready prospects waiting the wings. I think there's a way... Obviously, yeah, if they have three injuries in the rotation, then Richards isn't going anywhere. This sort of relies on some health, and maybe I'm just um, too optimistic because they've been so lucky with health so far. But I think you're a little optimistic on Seabold, too. Um, why wouldn't he, he end up... He's up this year. Okay, sure. but why wouldn't he be the one in the bullpen? Uh, well, I mean, part of this is clearly that I'm not all that high on Richards. And okay, that is that's fine. Certainly part of the equation. That's the biggest part of the equation is that I'm not sure Richards is a great starter. Um, maybe Seabold isn't either. Maybe I'm just well. I don't think he's great too. either, but I don't think he needs to be great to keep his spot. I don't well, I think he's bad... below average. I guess. Okay, do you think Connor Seabold will be average? I can see do Connor you, uh, Seabold you... being better than Richards. Okay. Yeah. That's fine, but do you see Richards being bad enough that they try this? Yeah. I mean, obviously you do. You, you've made it yeah. clear that you do. I, I do. I mean, I think the biggest hurdle to this would be that Pavetta and Perez need to be good enough to stay. I'm sort of buying into Pavetta against my better judgment, um, and I kind of have a feeling I'm going to crash hard on that. 
Um, oh, funny. That. I have that feeling, too. Yeah. That I'm going to crash hard on it? Yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't really know why I believe in Pathetic. Um, his stuff is just so good. But, yeah, I mean, the command is trash. Um, but, yeah, so we'll see. I mean, I think I'm probably too low on Richards. Um, I'm definitely way, way out of the consensus here. That typically means that I'm wrong. Um, so hopefully I'm I just, about this one. I just don't think if he's even like mediocre and is healthy and that's, you know, assuming his health only, I just don't understand. He would, to me, he would have to be so bad to be replaced that maybe to start maybe a week ago this time we were talking i could see it happening but if he can just put together two starts in a row like he has the last two times once a month i think that they're just not gonna i mean the other ones would have to be a little bit better too but i mean i really think he's somewhere in the middle and when he ends up somewhere in the middle that'll be good enough if he can go out there and pitch that they're gonna let him do it now the playoffs that's totally different and he if they make the playoffs if and when he seems like unless he's just like blown blowing everything out of the water and stayed as a starter but if there's questions about it that is when i can see it happening so it's not that i don't see what you're saying it's just that i have a bigger brain than you so i've seen <laughs> more permutations okay well i can't argue that um last word on this before we move on um we did not mention uh that chris sale is also part of the that's what i thought you were going to say the third i totally forgot chris sale was a person who existed when you said we'll call him max scherzer i was like why his name is chris sale (laughs) well i was thinking about the trade deadline i just forgot about i forgot about chris sale so there's that big ups to, to max scherzer for throwing a complete game and then leaving to go see your wife have a baby i mean that's just that was pretty awesome yeah um did the baby have the eye thing has that been confirmed or not i don't know if yeah genetic i don't know how that works well it's obviously genetic but i think it's well i don't know how like how frequently it gets passed i've yeah i feel like that's an incredibly recessive gene that is not likely to happen again probably i was never good at biology all right uh yeah let's do some uh Let's do some team awards for the month of April before we uh, before we finish up. So uh, we can probably run through this pretty quickly. Team MVP. Um, so far, uh, I would probably go with JD Martinez because he's so good. Yeah, it has to be JD Martinez. Um, I thought about saying bogarts just for the sake of saying something different but um i don't really have an actual argument for it being bogarts it has i mean jd martinez has just been out of his mind um so that was pretty easy honestly i think all these are most of these are pretty easy um best starting pitcher i say erod it has to be it has to be rodriguez i mean avaldi has been good he kind of had that one blow up. Rodriguez had a tough start. Um, I believe it was his last time out as well. But Rodriguez has just seemed like the better pitcher. He's walking fewer than one batter. 
per nine inning, and he's striking out ten per nine. Um, the ERA isn't quite there, but I'm not. I mean, the peripherals are there. Man, Evaldi's been pretty good though. I guess he could go Evaldi. I just I feel like it's Rodriguez too though. That's where that's where I'll go. Yeah. Um, best reliever is obviously the guy who won the best reliever in the whole league. Um, I'm assuming you don't disagree with that. I do not. And the biggest surprise for you. I mean, it's got to be Whitlock. It's got to be. It's got to be Whitlock. Like I said, those are all. Those are all pretty easy. Um, but hey, it was a good month for the Red Sox. May has not been so kind. Uh, so far, they are 0 2 to start the month. Uh, hopefully, things get better. Um, starting with uh, the game that has already happened when you're listening to this. So. Um, yeah, that's going to do it for today's show. Uh, we will be back with you next week. Um, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, uh, give us a rating and a review. Those I'm told are helpful. Uh, please follow us on Twitter. I run the over the monster account at over the monster. Brian is at Brian Joiner. Brian with a Y Joiner with an I, and, uh, you can find all of our writing at overthemonster.com. So we will be back with you next week.